Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. You know, we've been talking about faith and really taking faith. I have used my faith and stood faith and released faith and received things from God. God is real. And, and you can receive things from God, but I really have been dealing with our identity and using your faith to build your identity in Christ. I'm doing the same thing today. We're not talking about faith per se, but we're talking about the armor of God and knowing who you are with the armor of God. And I want to I wanna, I wanna give you just a, a, a commercial break. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What that means is that Jesus, because it goes on to say the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and Jesus is the Word. And being with God means He was face to face with God. Matter of fact, could kiss Him on the cheek, close. Face to face. God was face to face with Jesus from the beginning, and then He sent Jesus. And then Jesus came to show us His identity. And He said, if you've seen the Father, you want to see the Father, look at me. Look at me. Look at what I do. I only say what the Father says. I only do what I see the Father, or I only do what the Father tells me to do, or what I have seen Him do, what I know Him to do. So if you want to know what God's like, Jesus is God in the flesh. And Jesus went about doing good. And that's, that's 1038. He went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil. So all these, all these condemnation things that even preachers preach, Jesus didn't do that. He did that to the religious people. Jesus came to show the love of God. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. Hey, to die that we could live. All the songs we sang about this morning is for us. Jesus came so we could survive this earth. If, if, if He didn't want us to not only survive but overcome, He would have taken us out when you got saved. Oh, I believe in you, Jesus, and zip, right to heaven you go. But there's more to it than heaven. There's heaven on earth. And it may not feel like it today, but it's available says, by these precious promises, you might be a partaker of his divine nature. So we, I want to be a partaker. You know, as soon as we get out of here, I'm going to go partake of some lunch. How about you? You're a partaker too, whether you, but I want to partake of the things of God. I want to be a partaker of the things of God. Matter of fact, I have skipped lunch to partake of God. Because I, I, I love to partake from God more as much as I do to eat and more. Because you can get wrapped up in partaking of God like, woo! We used to take youth to camp, and the, the services were just nonstop. They had music and skits, and then somebody preaching, and then more music and skits, and people calling to the altar, and we'd be in there from, from 6.30 till 11.30. I said, y'all, we've been in here four hours. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. Because the presence of God was so strong. You know, the presence of God was here this, this morning. To acknowledge Him when you sense His presence. You want to you acknowledge Him. You want to, uh, 
uh, to be full of the presence of God. So y'all ready to dive in? Everybody got their notes? So Ephesians 6.10, I'm going to read it right quick. Then we'll come back and break it down a little bit, but we might break it down just for a little bit as we go. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes what are, and the King James that said wiles. I like that, like wily coyote. I'm dating myself. The wily coyote was wily. You know, he had wiles. What, what the wiles or the schemes of the devil is, is like a road. And the devil comes to you down a straight path, and he wants to penetrate and enter in through a certain way to get into your mind and build a stronghold. Anytime you have never thought that you're not good enough for anything, that's the devil. Boom! He's been revealed to you right now. I'm not good enough. That's a lie. You were created by God. You're good enough. Maybe circumstances, you, you look at circumstances or you look at what somebody said to you and you don't feel like you're good enough. Those are lies. Circumstances can even lie. How do you think magicians make their money? They're lying. All right, you know, the slide of hand. The hand's quicker than the eye. Okay, y'all just sitting there. It is. And so the devil wants to build a stronghold in your mind. Verse 12, for our struggles are not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this uh, darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places, in the atmosphere, it's not, but there's no darkness in heaven. God is light. And the Bible says there's so much light in heaven that there's no shadow. I got a shadow going this way. I got a shadow going that way. I got a shadow going that way because the lights are ever. But in heaven, there's no shadows. Man. I always use when I did children's church, I said, you're going to love heaven. Why is that? Said, you don't have to go to bed. No, no, y'all want to go to sleep at night. I got three of y'all. I know the kids. Do I have to go to bed? You ain't got to go to bed in heaven. It's daylight all the time. You don't get tired. Come on. So the, but the, the, the spirits or darkness in the heavenly places are in the atmosphere. Man, you ever been, go to a big city and you're like, man, it just feels grungy here. Yeah, it's a different spirit over that city. You can go to, go to Haiti or Jamaica and it's like, what is going on around here? Go to New Orleans. Go to Las Vegas. They got the bright lights, but you can still sense some junk going on. And they just try to cover it up, make you feel better. And they even play hallelujah on the slot machine. Hallelujah. I said, that's blasphemous right there. I've been there. I used to go to, had to work for every year. So, so uh, against the forces, against the spiritual forces of weakness in heavenly places, it's talking about at, there's three heavens, the atmosphere, the heavens where the stars are at, and then the heavens where God's at, okay? Just trying to help you. And so, verse 13, Therefore take on the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand, stand firm. So after you've done it, let's just let's, let's get firm in it. Let's know what we know. Let's know that we know who we are and what we have. Stand firm, therefore, girded, girded your loins with truth, Having girded your loins, that's a belt of truth. Having uh, put on a breastplate, a breastplate of righteousness. Having your 
uh, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all taking up the shield of faith, which is able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with, uh, and with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Now, we're going to break this down. If you look and count armor, there's only six, but actually there's seven. There are seven pieces of armor, and we're going to go through this armor and what it means to you and how you're to operate and how you're to act. And guess what? It's not something you put on. It's something you put in. Okay? It's not you get up and I'm putting my helmet on. No, it's something you put in and you know that you know and you walk in it. But I do have object lessons today. So come here, Micah. Come on up here, buddy. And do not be distracted by the cuteness, okay? <laughs> this is my superhero right here. He likes to dress up. So I went through his stuff, and I got some armor. So let me gather it up right here. Give me just a second. Wave at everybody, Micah. Keep their attention. So I pulled out Batman's utility belt. Now, if you know anything about Batman, he had all kinds of pockets in his utility belt. Michael, let's put, you, let's put it on. Are you Batman? Hold your arms up for me. There we go. Are you Batman? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, okay. And so all this belt is the belt of truth. Truth is the Word of God. Matter of fact, this is the only thing you can touch because it represents God's Word, the Bible, the truth. This is full of promises for you. How many are you walking in right now? How many of you have you confessed? Are you standing on one this morning? When you got up, I'm going to stand on this promise. Okay, I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to beat you. I'm trying to help you find a promise every day or one for the whole week. And then it's in you and you don't have to go back. You got, mm, I got the peace that passes understanding. Nope. Because guess what? The enemy comes to take your peace. So, so we'll, we'll just, I don't know how long he can stand up here. I'm just going to go ahead and dress him. And so, so uh, you got a breastplate of righteousness. But, you know, actually, the, the belt is so strong that it actually holds, and I don't have the back plate to this, but there's a front plate and a back plate that, that covers you. Righteousness covers you. And we'll break it down in just a second because I didn't know how long he could stand up here. I was going to do it one at a time. But... Uh, you know, he, he likes his armor. But the belt actually helped help the front and the back together. How many of you know that a Roman armor weighed 127 pounds? Woo! 127 pounds. And so, so you look, and, and so we're going to put his boots on right quick. And Can you put your foot up? There you go. Let's see if we can get our foot in there. We have to take our shoes off. Your feet stink? I hope not. All right. Good. And notice they go all the way up to his knees. That's the way they went. They were full metal. They went all the way up to his knees. We're just going to put one of them on. And you know what? They had a sword of the Spirit. If you notice, I had to tape it together because it has been well used. And it was coming apart. So, But guess where it fit? It fit into the belt. 
There was a hook to hold the sword. Notice it's a short sword, not a long sword, because it's good for when the devil gets close. Hold that sword for me. All right, all right. And then he had a helmet of salvation. I'm going to mess your good hair up. All right. And he has his helmet, and he has a sword of the Spirit. I mean, a, a shield of faith. Let me even pull it out here. There you go. You got it? Can't see with that helmet on, huh? But one of the, the, the things was the helmet. You could recognize a Roman soldier. Oh, look at that helmet. And, and I got this. That's the best thing I had. And on the back of the belt, there was a pouch that this fed, fit in. And you say, well, what is that? It was pieces were a sword. And they could take it and they could screw it together and extend it out. And they made a spear. Look at this. They had it in their pocket, and, they could, and they, they could throw it, or they could just gouge you with it, you know, way out there. You know, get, I'm not going to get into the blood and the, you know, and, and the beheading and stuff. The men would enjoy it, but anyway. So you look at the armor of God. He's got his boots on. He's got his belt of truth, the shield of faith. Guess what? The, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, too, but we'll break that down. But like this, oh, excuse me, can't see there. Let's do this. And so... He's got his breastplate of righteousness on, and it covers the front and the back. And so can you give him a pose that you're, there it is. See, that's a Superman pose. God, let's go, let's go find Lolly. Come on down. He, uh, he went to the bathroom by himself, and he come out, and he did that Superman pose and said, I potted. And he, uh, <laughs> so let's dig into the Word. So, number one on your sheet is the belt of truth. The belt of truth. You need to get in the Word of God, and you need to get in. It's the most important part. Everything rests on the truth. Everything. But guess what? If you believe a lie, it's going to affect everything, isn't it? So, we have got to get the truth, and the truth comes from the Word of God. But guess what? We, we want to we wanna rank circumstances equal with the truth, and you cannot do that. The truth over or trumps or overshadows any circumstances. And if your circumstances are not lining up with the truth, then you've got to say something or do something. You've got to believe different. You've got to go after it. You cannot. You've got, you, you've got to change uh, yourself according to the Word of God. And so let's look real quick in John 17. We'll read 15, 16, and 17, and it's talking about Jesus said, I do not pray that you should take them out of this world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. That's what this armor's about. The evil one's here. All right, in verse 16, they are not of the world just as I am not of this world. That's what sanctification means. That's a big word, sanctification. It means to be separated unto God. You're not of this world. You are separated unto God just as Jesus was. You with me? Shake your head, something. Wave at me, smile, hit somebody. Just as Jesus was not of this world, when you got born again, you're not of this world. Quit fretting over this world. And if I die, I go into the, I'm going to a better place. You got to have the you got to have the victory even in death. 
And so look at verse, the next verse. It says, separate them, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The word of God is the truth. And so you separate, we're separated by the word of God. Guess what? If you don't know much of the word, you're not much separated. Okay, that's, that's where you're in the problem. You're still trying to act like the world, live in the world, and do like the world does and not the way God does. And God wants you to change your thinking, change your mind, and, and be separated from the world. And you can just, whoa, what you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? I'm going to serve God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to live. God's going to take care of me. Because I, I worked at a plant one time, and they said, man, the rumor is they're closing this place down in two months. It's going to be closed. You just bought a car. What you going to do? I said, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to get a better job if I lose this one. Because after I started thinking about it, uh, that's what rose up in me. If I lose this job, I'll get a better one. Come on. I'm not going to sit around. I'm not going to. Uh, uh, God's got me. And God's our helper. He's our source. And that's where trust comes in. That's where relying on Him. That's where faith comes in. You know what? I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. Remember last, last time we talked about cares of this world? That's, you really, and we talked about it. It's called you're being double-minded. You have one foot in the world and one foot sign, sir, I don't know. Lord, I don't know what we're going to do. Lord, I want to trust you. I want to trust you. I don't know what I'm going to do. The James said a double-minded man will not receive anything from God. You can't receive anything. One more scripture. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. Not as the word of men, but as the word of, in truth, the, the word of God, which is also effectively works in you who believe. That's a, that's a mouthful. But look, for this reason, we thank God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God, every time you come to church, you need to receive the word of God. Now, if I say something, you know, misstep or say something, you don't have to receive that. I mean, how many of y'all eat, eat cabbage? There's a few of us, but some of you push it away even though it may be good for you. Sometimes you got to study it out so you can get it. Do I really need that? Is that, that, well, that does that pertain to me? And then sometimes, you know, uh, Patrick was trying to eat something. He goes, this is nasty. I think it's turned bad. I said, well, don't swallow it. He's chewing it. And I'm like, you better spit that out. <laughs> when you heard the word which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is the word of truth. See, this, like I said last Sunday, this book is not just a history book. It's not a book written years ago. This is life. This is spirit and life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. That's just life changing. Because we're talking about spiritual things and not fleshly things. And you can read some old book and, and learn something, but you can get into the spirit with the word of God. Y'all with me? Number two. The breastplate of righteousness. This is a key. It's such a key, and most people don't have a clue. And I'm talking about Christians today. And if you're not a Christian, we want you to get an opportunity. We'll give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. And all this stuff belongs to you as well. But in Ephesians 6, 14, it said, Stand firm, you're, you're uh, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. I don't know if I got any right standing with God, Pastor. You don't. 
But in Jesus Christ, you do. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. But Jesus was perfect. So him and God are tight. And guess what Jesus does? Just like I grabbed my grandson and drug him up here, Jesus grabs me and drags me right up into the throne room. And I feel like I'm not worthy, but it don't matter. Jesus is worthy, and he takes me right into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help in time of need. I'm righteous because of him, and it covers me. It covers me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My right standing's not from me. It's in Jesus. My identity's in Jesus. See, remember I said Jesus got his identity from God. We get our identity from Jesus. It was him who died for us. It was him who shed his blood for us. It was him who seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession. Say, look at him. Look at him, Lord. Look at her, Lord. Oh, bless her. Lord, she's fixing to step into a blessing. Just Holy Spirit, just going on. Jesus is talking about you. He has the capacity to talk about every one of us and millions across the earth. Don't even try to think of it like that. That's just too much. He cares about you. Because our mind's finite. We can't think how to, you know, how to even get out of Withville sometimes. But God is greater. And God cares. You know, Jesus, the, the Word says that Jesus is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Whatever you're stressing out about, He knows. He wants to pull you out of it. So, so as we look at the breastplate of righteousness, 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21, Let's look at what it says. It says, now we are ambassadors for Christ. You may not feel like it, but you have got to grow into it because you're an ambassador. That's why you've got to study the Word. People are watching you. You go to church? Okay, let's just watch them. Wow. They got something. See, you don't have to take anybody to church. You're their church. They're watching you and how you live and how you react. And so you're the ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. And some of you sitting there and you just said, well, I ain't going to get saved because I can't be an ambassador. Here's the secret. God Almighty empowers us to be an ambassador. Where I am weak and I can't do certain things, God empowers me to do them. And he makes me shine. And people say, when you said that to me, Pastor Brett, and I'm like, I don't even remember what I said because it wasn't me. And once you start relying upon God and walking in the things of God, it's not you anymore. It's Him. It's easy. It's fun. When, if Christianity is not fun, you're not doing it right. Jesus said, put my yoke upon you. It's easy and light. If the devil's yoke's heavy, he's the one that's frustrating you. So now we are ambassadors of Christ as though God were pleading through us. Implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's our, that's our job. Come, be reconciled to God. Man, I serve a good God. I serve a great God. I serve a mighty God. I serve a God who's awesome, and he's awesome on my behalf, and he wants to be awesome on your behalf. Look at the next verse, verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin. Jesus was perfect. But when he went to the cross, actually it started in the garden. When he started sweating, those drops of blood, that's the pressures of sin came on him. And he started sweating 
great drops of blood in the garden. It started there, and then he went to, uh, the, to trial. They beat him. It, they beat him. They took the beating that we should got. And you ever got a whipping like me well, for doing something wrong? Jesus took our beating. He took our beating. And then he went to a cross. And he said, it is finished. He defeated the devil. And he became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Put on your breastplate. Know that you're righteous. I'm right with Everybody say it with me. I am right with God. I am right with God. Through Jesus Christ, I am right with God. So number three is the boots of peace. Write that down. The boots of peace. And if you looked at Roman soldier boots, they were not very peaceful. Matter of fact, they were killer shoes, Jack. So they started at the knees. They were covered in metal because, I mean, these are for battle. And you're covered back and front. And somebody, you know, uh, you know, that's an old chop block, you know, back in football. You get, you get hit low. You, you get your leg took out. Your knee took out. You're out of the game. Well, think about battle. Somebody's sword swipes your leg. You're out. But those, those were protected. You could walk through rocks. You could walk through briars. You can, you can walk anywhere. You can trip and you can walk. Those, that, that, what metal protects your shins? Anybody ever walked into a bumper like me or to a hitch? Oh, oh. <coughs> that'd test your metal, won't it? But if you had those, if you had these shins on, it wouldn't mean it. You'd just laugh. Ha, ha, ha. But then they had shoes on that were spiked shoes. They had sometimes up to two-inch spikes on them, nails. You did not want to be stepped on. And they took steps, and they marched. And, I mean, they, they, if you're in the way, they're going to stomp you out. But, but let's, let's look at it just for a minute. In Colossians 3.15, it says, And let the peace of God rule your hearts, to which also you were called into one body, and be thankful. God's peace is a keeping peace. You think about it, you got baseball cleats on and you lock your feet in, you're not going anywhere. You need to lock into the peace of God. You need to accept God's got me, God's my peace, God's my strength, and then you, you cannot be moved. You cannot be moved. And so as you look at this, uh, look at Hebrews 12, 28. It says, therefore, since we, have, uh, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Man, it's, the kingdom of God's not, not shaking. You can be locked in with these shoes on. What? Well, somebody said, you can be like a palm in a hurricane. Storm's coming, and you may be blowing all over the place, but you're not going to break, and you're not going anywhere. Blow, devil, blow. Ha, ha, ha. Last one, it's not, but you can write it down. Romans 16, 20. And this actually represents the same boots that they put on. Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan's head under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God put his foot on the devil for you. Huh? So, peace. Do you have peace today? Are you righteous? I hope you've changed your mind on your righteousness. You should say, yes, I am righteous. 
by Jesus. And Jesus paid the price that you could have peace. So number four, the shield of faith. And most of you think your shield is just like this. I don't have much faith, Pastor Brown. I, 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 you know, my, I don't have the faith Miss Keene has or, or Tim has or Miss Becky has or Peter has. I don't have that kind of faith. Ah, wrong answer. Wrong answer. When you became a Roman soldier, guess what? They took you and fitted you with a shield. Didn't matter if you was 6'2", you was 5'7", whatever size you were, that's what you got fitted with that covered you from head to toe. This was not just some little old bitty shield like you see people, you know, back in the day. This was a full body, and it came in a circle. I mean, it came in a curve. It protected you on the sides. And you got your shield. And things heavy. But there was a clip on your belt of truth that you could hang your faith on. Ah, your faith, your shield faith. <coughs> Let's look at some scriptures. Romans 12, 3. As God has dealt to each one, I think the whole scriptures, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, <coughs> but think soberly. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has dealt to you faith. He's given you faith, and it covers you. It's more than enough. What it is, is you want to compare your faith to somebody else's. Your faith fits you. Your faith is more than enough. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. You have faith. It has been given to you. But here's the trick. Here's the, here's the secret. Here's the secret. Every day, that Roman soldier old his shield. It was made of leather. I'm from Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana was owned by the Spanish. It was owned by the French. It was owned. They fought over it. Different ones, different things. But there was a fort. <clears throat> the French came and built uh, a fort in the oldest city in Louisiana called Natchitoches. And about 45, 50 miles away is Nacogdoches. It's the oldest town in Texas. Maybe you didn't know that, but they were Indian brothers. And the daddy of the chief said, get out here and go start your own village. They had their own villages. And it was, they were huge. And so the, the Spanish ended up in Texas, and they built a fort of their own because the French came to Natchitoches and built a fort. And so the Spanish said, we need to build, build a fort and to you know, keep an eye on these guys. Well, they were so far from Mexico City or whatever, they, they had to go trade with those guys for food and stuff, truth be known. But what I'm getting at is the Spanish at their fort, they had bulletproof armor made out of leather. And it was so, it's so hot in Louisiana, but they didn't wear it all the time. But if they knew something was happening, they'd try to put it on because it would stop a bullet. And it was layer after layer, leather, cotton, layer of leather and cotton. It's heavy. Well, that's the way the sword was. I mean, the shield. This shield's heavy, and it's made out of leather, and they rubbed it in oil. The Bible says the oil is the, is, represents the Holy Spirit. And so you need to get up, and you need to pray in the Spirit, and you need to talk to the Holy Spirit about your life every day. They did it every day. Here's another thing. 
Hey, boys, we're going out to battle in the morning at 8. Be ready. They woke up early. They dunked that leather shield in water, soaked it. Now it's probably twice the weight. But why? 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 What, read the, what does the Scripture say? You have your shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Water represents the Word of God. That we wash with the water, wash our minds, or wash it with the water of the Word. They soaked that shield. Paul knew what he was talking about. He, he said to quench the fiery darts. Well, the shield had to be wet to quench the fiery darts. The oil kept it ready and pretty and clean. And so you got your shield. Another thing about a shield, your face should be out in front of you. You hear me? If you don't have your faith out in front of you, you're waiting to react. So you got it on your side and you're just... <laughs> and the devil going to bust you. Because you don't have your shield out. Every day you need to put your faith out in front. Faith. Well, I believe God today and I, I thank you that I have faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, whatever the devil tries to throw. And listen, he's not trying to stab you in the arm. He's not trying to stab you in the foot. He's trying to get to your mind. He is trying to get to your mind. And that's where your identity lies. That's where your identity lies. That's where your peace lies. That's where your righteousness lies. That's where your joy lies. If you've got joy just because it's your birthday, you ought to have joy every day on purpose. You have to pursue peace on purpose. On purpose. Because, I mean, there's enough going on in this world. It's enough to make everybody depressed ten times. But we are not of this world. That's where we've got to change our thinking, put our shield up, and our shield goes in front of us. <clears throat> I tell you something else. Isaiah says that the glory of the Lord is your rear guard, too. You ain't got to worry about the, your backside. You got, you got the righteousness back there, but the glory of God's got you back. God said, I got your back. <clears throat> so our shield of faith, number five, the helmet of salvation. So important. The helmet of salvation. The knowledge of your salvation. You ever seen anybody that got talked out of their salvation? I have. I had kids in my youth group and their teachers were talking about it. Their science teacher telling them there's no God. Called to the ministry. There's no God. Quit coming to church. Start following that influential teacher. Mm. Your helmet of salvation. That, that The Roman helmet. It was, it was recognizable. It had a horse. You know, some of them had horse hair that stuck straight up, but some of them was long, and it flowed down the, their back. But you could see that helmet. You know, that's a Roman soldier. You could tell. I almost brought some hats in here, you know. Put on an orange hat. You know, what does that represent? I'm hunting. Put on a Dallas Cowboys hat. I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I don't have a Saints hat. And so <laughs> I'm just picking... And so, you know, you, people wear different hats because they represent, or different T-shirts. They're representing. But we represent God. So Ephesians 2.8 says, 
For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So by grace you've been saved through faith. Your salvation comes by the grace of God. The grace of God sent Jesus to the earth to die for you. Everybody agree with that? Say yes. <clears throat> and tap somebody, wake them up, say, say yes. So, it's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. So I want to read a good bit of scriptures right here in, in uh, Romans 8 and 31. Romans 8 is a great chapter in the Bible. Matter of fact, theologically, Romans is one of the most solid, full of scriptures and full of good things, but so is everything. You know, I won't say everything. Romans 8 chapter is one of my favorite ones, but look what it says. So what shall, uh, so what then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, that's, that's the place to rest right there. Okay, God's for me. God's for me. Who can be against me? In verse 32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, wait a minute. If God sent Jesus to die, to become a man, that's what the Bible says, he became poor. Well, what, what it means, he didn't have any money. It means he left heaven, where the streets were paved with gold where he was in communion with God, got to kiss God's cheek every day, and had to come down and, and, you know, and I always think, that, you know, he said, suffer the little children, come unto me. Nobody ever thinks about those, those jacks were in diapers or no diapers. And they stunk. Because, I mean, you can let a kid run out 30 minutes, they come back in, and they smell like a dog that's been outside. They, kids just, they smell. I'm not, I love them. Don't get me wrong. I love my grandkids. But you get them outside and that, whoo, what have y'all been into? Thinking Jesus is holding them all. There wasn't no smell like that in heaven. But he loved those kids. And he loved people. And he ministered to people. And he came for people like you and me. And so he did not spare. And if he did not spare his son, how would he get? He wants to give you everything. He sent Jesus to give you everything. Look in verse 33. <clears throat> who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. You are God's elect. Come on, don't let people, don't let people, don't worry about people bad-mouthing you. I told somebody last week, I said, you know, I get talked about, I'm on the internet, I get talked about good, I get talked about bad, but I know who I am. I know who I am. I got to be true to what God's called me to be and who I am in Christ. You see, as a believer, I am just like you. I walk on the same ground. As a pastor, it's different. I have to overlook the flock. And so, but I got to know who I am or I'll get tore down. You know, but we got we to know it's God is, is our justification. Look in verse 34. I'm trying, this is all to do with your salvation. Who is he who condemns? It is, hey, listen. It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession? Jesus is not condemning you. He's praying for you to, to, be, to have help, to have everything you need. He's, he's on your side. Come on, God's on your side. He's good. And look at what he, he's making intercession. So who's the condemner? It's the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can't stop you by his words and lies, he's going to push you. 
with words and lies. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. And so he's the condemner. You're not good enough. You're not this. You're not that. You can never learn that. You'll never change. They'll never change. You have got to recognize that it's the devil that condemns. Look in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Hold that right there. We want to judge if we're right with God, if everything's going good. It's candy and flowers. It must be God. Eh. Wrong answer again. Look at the Apostle Paul when he said, I don't want to brag, but okay, I've been shipwrecked three times. I've been whipped with, 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 uh, with uh, whips and, and beaten with rods, and, and I've been stoned to death. They killed him. You know, we think about, you know, I just fake it. They started stoning me. I just fall out and fake it and lay there and, and like I'm dead. Well, they come up with a big rock and throw it on your head. Just make sure. And no faking it. The disciples gathered around him and prayed. And he came back alive. They got him out of the city. And so he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. If he wasn't right with God, come on. He was right with God. And bad things happen to good people. You have an enemy. But he's defeated. But Paul didn't care what the enemy trying to do to him. He wanted to preach the gospel. He was changing the world. We've got to change the world. And we, we get, uh, can I give you a cup of water? And, you know, can't, we, can't, we have a hard time just saying hi. Come on, pray for boldness. Pray for boldness. And let's keep reading. Who shall separate us? For, as it is written, for your sakes we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. They, that, that, Paul's writing this. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted sheep for slaughter. Verse 37. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I got to go back and preach a sermon. I, I generally don't preach the same thing. Paul was shipwrecked the last time. And that's where that... They, they ran the boat and, and they, on the Isle of Patmos. And he, they're building a fire because it's cold. They're soaking wet. And a snake comes out of the sticks and bites him on their arm. You ever seen somebody's hand have been bit? I know a guy got bit with a rattlesnake right there. And they go, well, man, I tell you, the gods is after this boy. Well, it was the god of this world. The devil's after him. He shook it off in the fire. And they're waiting on him to die. Uh, I bet you it'd be five minutes, you know, $2, you know. They're looking for him to die. He didn't die. They take him before the king. The king's sick. People are sick. He's praying for the sick. They're getting healed. He starts preaching about Jesus to them. They have revival. What the enemy meant for evil, God turned it. Now, here's, here's what most Bible scholars believe that we don't get. They gave him an offering. When he went to Rome, he could have went in prison or he could have rented a house and be in a, under house arrest. Guess what? He had enough cash to rent a house. And he's writing these letters. He's writing the Bible, and he's doing all this. And he goes, hey, uh, this Roman guard salutes you. He got saved today. He's living for God. I'm going to be sending you this, brother. He's feeding people. He's living in his own house, even though he's under house arrest. All because of that offering because he was shipwrecked. 
And we look, oh, I've been shipwrecked. Oh, I can't. I'm still out in the water. Get out. Swim. Ask God to help you get out. And so, yeah, we're more than conquerors. Paul says, I'm more than conquerors. Because this is Romans, okay? So where do you think he was at writing to the Romans? He's in Rome. Next verse. For I'm persuaded neither death nor life, nor angels or principalities or powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Verse 39. Nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing. Any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I want to put a stipulation on that. Nothing can separate you. God's mind's made up. Your mind needs to get made up. Because I've seen Christians just quit on God. I just quit. I can't, I, can't, I can't do this. You're doing it in your own strength. Not going to church anymore. I'm not going to serve God anymore. I'm not, I know my grandma prayed and I know, huh? You can't quit. We're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. We can't quit. We have to pursue God with all our, our heart. And guess what? He's, he, he wants to take us to the next level. He's saying, come on up. Come on up here. Get closer to me. Get closer to me. You need to know that you know. So let's go to number six. The sword of the Spirit. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Well, I truce the Word of God, Pastor. How come it's in there twice? The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God that just comes to your heart in a moment. And it's called a rhema. See, this, this, and we taught about rhema, but this is the Word, and you can read it. And if you did like when I was a good little Baptist boy, uh, I would read it as fast as I could, just say I read it. You know, Matthew 4. Then Jesus led up in the spirit of wisdom, and I'd just read as fast as I could and didn't get anything out of it. But when you learn to meditate it and to, and to, to think on it and to speak it out of your mouth, then it becomes a rhema to you when you need it. When you feel like you're getting sick, and then Matthew 8, 17 pops up in your heart that, that Jesus bore your sickness and infirmities, and you go, well, wait a minute, where'd that come from? That's the sword of the Spirit. That's the sword of the Spirit. That's the sword of the Spirit. When, when somebody calls you and you're like, oh, man, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, a, a scripture comes to your heart. Boom. That's a rhema. It's a rhema. It's the sword of the Spirit. Oh, I got your answer. <clears throat> I don't have it, but God does, and it's this. The peace that passes understanding belongs to you. God's peace is yours. That's a rhema. Just to be able to share a scripture with somebody. Oh, oh, I thought of this. I thought of this scripture. It's a commercial break. At 5 o'clock this evening, we have a class at the upper building, and we're stepping in to Ramos. We're stepping in to the prophetic, and we're stepping in to hearing the Spirit of God. And so last Sunday, uh, we all sat in a circle, and we just started praying and and just asking God and believing God to speak to us. And people got words for other people that were a blessing. Hey, to train, to train. Because you hear 
Once you start hearing, you can hear more and more and more and more. You need to be hearing God's voice. And that's why we call it being equipped. We're trying to get equipped to hear the voice of God in a greater measure. Even when I talk loud, if your mind is thinking on something else, like what you're going to eat for lunch, you're still not listening. And God's speaking to us all the time. But we're focused on other things. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and whatever. And guess what? God's got peace to take care of the care. God's wealthy. Okay? He took care of Jesus. He had people to take care of Jesus. And that's what I... I you know, if you got a bag and somebody's stealing out of it and you only got two coins, you can tell if somebody's stealing. Hey, but the Bible says it was by the Spirit of God that Jesus knew Judas was stealing because there was some money in that bag. Cha-ching, ching, ching. So, so get all that poverty mentality out of your head. God wants to take care of you and take you somewhere so you can be a light, a light in the earth. So the sword of the Spirit, that's revelation. These ramas come out of the belt of truth. See, remember the Batman belt, utility belt, and he'd pull out and he would stick something to the wall and swing. You can pull out, out of that belt of truth comes these ramas that you can, who, wait a minute, look what I found. Psalms 91, he's going to protect you. Psalms 112, you're going to be blessed and your children are going to be blessed. Ho! Oh. See, when you start digging in this belt, in this truth, you're going to find this belt. These ramas start coming out, and they make you an overcomer. Okay. We go back to sleep. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. And this is, this is where I was talking about meditating. Uh, all right, let's read 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter in the rest, lest anyone... Fall according to the same example of disobedience. What kind of rest are we talking about? There's rest in God, people. And you're truly trusting God and have faith in God. There's rest. The devil don't want you resting. So let us therefore be diligent to enter in the rest. Verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and the discerner and the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Any rhema you get will line up with the Word of God. The Word of God will tell you, I don't know if that's God or me. The Word of God will tell you that's God or you. You know? <laughs> I need to believe for that man's wife. Eh, that's not in the Word of God. I have seen that. And one lady told my pastor, uh, and I was standing there, and my mouth, you know, hit the ground because she said, I've, I've been your spiritual wife. I said, what? You're off. You're off, way off. It's not biblical. That's made up stuff in somebody's head. So that's how you judge it. Is this God or not? Now, there are gray areas, like it doesn't say in the Bible that Tim will work at Volvo. But he's led by the Spirit. And as long as it lines up, you know, with the Word, then yeah, God take care of you because he said you can work. He bless what you put your hand to. 
You got scriptures to, that lead that, but you, man, that's crazy stuff. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm sorry I got off on that. What verse are we on? Verse 12. So let's look at 13. And there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to his eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now that scares the, 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 the willy out of people. Oh, Lord, God knows my thoughts, and he's still not going to kill you. He still loves you. And we hide our thoughts best we can from other people. But guess what? What's in your heart comes out of your mouth. It eventually will come out. So you got to guard your, you got to clean your heart up to, to control your mouth. But God knows your heart without you having to say it. And he still loves you. He still loves you. So I, I do want to read just a few more scriptures. And, and let's read this in verse 14 and through 16. And this is the key. Seeing then we have a great high priest. I've already mentioned who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. What does that mean, your confession? Hold fast to what the Word of God says about you. Hold fast that you've got, that you're saved, that you're righteous, that you've got the Word of God, that it's for you, that God's got your back, that God's going to with you. That's your confession. You know what most people's confession are? And I'm talking about Christians. Well, we can't ever get ahead. I don't, I've never seen God do anything for me. I, I, I don't think he loves me like he loves Miss Becky. He loves Miss Becky because he does all kinds of stuff for her. That's a wrong confession. That's wrong thinking. That's a stronghold. That's a stronghold the devil's built thinking that God doesn't care about you. When Jesus came to die just for you, you have got to break those strongholds down that, you know what, I am an overcomer. I don't care how many times I get shipwrecked. God's going to pick me up. Remember I told the story they did a study on people who became millionaires, lost everything, and became millionaires again. Huh? They said, what is it? It says, not what we do that makes us millionaires. We believe we're wealthy. They believe they were wealthy in their heart to begin with, and money was nothing. They didn't register their wealth by how much money they had. They registered it by what they believed in their heart. That's a key. That's a key to Christianity. I'm an overcomer. The Bible says you can lay hands, believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Didn't say preachers. It said believers. If you're a believer, then you have that ability. It's been given to you. What? Okay. Somebody needs to take that. So, so we need to hold fast to our confession. Look, look at the, the next verse. We'll read 15 through 16. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. If you think you face something that Jesus didn't face, that's the wrong answer again. He was tempted with sex, drugs. They had drugs. There was alcohol. There was, the devil tempted him. Hey, dude, it's 40 days. You about to be hungry. Turn that rock into bread. Hey, let me take you up and show you all the cities that belong to me. Las Vegas, New Orleans, Amsterdam, Tokyo. Huh? He says, I have power in these cities, and I can give them to you. That's a temptation. Power, money, fame is a temptation. Let's look at verse 16 so we can move on. 
Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When's the last time you went to God for help? Are you always saying, I got this? Are you like me when I was about 18? If I can't get it with these two, I don't need it. I can live in a teepee. But then I got married, and she said, no teepee for her. <laughs> she had some stipulations. She goes, I'm tired of space heaters. I'm tired of these heaters in the wall. I want central air and central heat. You know, I don't want no attic fan. I don't want no box fan in the window blowing mosquitoes in here on us. I said, okay. We'll have to get in faith. And so, so see, your, your things change, but then you've got to learn to trust God. Because God's bigger anyway, and God will take you to bigger places than you ever dreamed. But what you're looking at is what your hand can do. But what, what, what we need to look at is what God can do with our hands. He wants to partner with your hands. Always tell the story about the old, the old guy. You know, he said, man, God, the guy walked up to his farm, looked at all that beautiful farm. He said, man, you, God sure blessed you with a beautiful farm. He said, well, you ought to have seen it when God had it by itself. It was nothing but briars, brushes, and everything else. But God gave him a vision. And nobody wanted that land. Nobody wanted that land because they, all they saw was briars, thickets, and mess, nastiness. And God, he went and surveyed it. He goes, oh, I can make this something. Me and God can make this something. And the Lord blessed what he put his hand to in his beautiful pasture land. Got a beautiful house on the hill because he saw a vision. God gave him a vision. <coughs> but God works through people. Say, I'm people. And God works through me. So number seven, the lance is prayer. Lance is a spear. Remember I pulled that spear out? It, they carried it in a pouch, and they screwed it together. And, 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 and if you'll read the Scripture, and we're going to read it, this is the only Scripture I got for this, I want you to see who he's praying for. Because <clears throat> this jumped out. Ephesians 6, 18, And with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view... Be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. He's praying for people. You got a sword for up close fighting, but you know what? You've you got a cousin in Indiana, or you got a, a mama somewhere else, or a grandpa somewhere else. You can throw that spear at the enemy that's attacking them. Huh? Put your spear together and start praying. For all your saints and everybody to become saints because everybody's called to be a saint whether they ever step into it or not. I was reading all the famous atheists and they had their last statement on their deathbed. I know there's a God, several of them said, and I know there's a heaven and I know there's a hell. And I can feel the flames, some of them said. Oh my. And, and all this one had a group, you know, they were the leading atheists in England. And he said, y'all idiots. I'm going to put it in Virginia language. He said, you're nuts if you don't believe there's a God. We've been doing the wrong thing. He's preaching to them. I'm going to hell. He was wealthy. He told the doctor, I'll give you half everything I have. You give me six months. The doctor said, you're gone. That's why we have to pray for people that their eyes be open. We pray for folks. We pray, and our, our prayer for ourselves is 
Put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Stay into the truth. Have the sword of the Spirit. Have our feet shod with peace. That's our prayer. If we have all this on, we're bulletproof. But the enemy comes and he gets you distracted. And you forget who you are. And the Bible says it's easy to forget who you are. You read the Word, you look in the mirror, I'm supposed to be that man of God. I'm supposed to have this armor on. I'm supposed to be that child of God. And the devil will get you, well, you're not going to have peace today. You got that phone call, same old junk that, you know, that your whole family's been dealing with. <clears throat> you don't have to take it. You can take it to the Lord. The Bible says, cast your cares over on the Lord. Go into the throne room and obtain mercy and help in time of need. Help. Grace and help. So, this is where our identity lies in Christ. All these things. And I'm believing God to stir you up. Okay? So let's go through them real quick. We've got just a couple of minutes here. Say, I know the truth. And the truth makes me free. If you know, stop right there. Let's don't say anything. If you don't know the truth, then start chasing it. Start chasing it. You know, my favorite show's coming on tonight. I'm going to watch that. I don't care what happens. I'm going to run the kids out. I'm going to watch my show. You chase other things. Why not chase the truth? Why not chase the Word of God? All you hunters, you chase deer, you chase turkeys, you chase squirrels. I are one, I know. But I also chase the Word of God. I have to chase the Word of God. March Madness. You know how many millions of people are watching the ball game? And they're maybe like me waiting on the finals. But they chase it. We chase so many things in this life. Why can't we chase the truth? Know the truth. If I ask some of you men or even some of you ladies, can you change a flat? Can you change the oil? Most people don't change the oil anymore. I can change the oil. I can change a flat. I was changing a flat, and somebody said, why don't you call AA? I said, I'm going to be in there eating in this restaurant before I even dial the number. I'm going to have it changed. Chase the truth. Number two, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm righteous with God. I'm right with God. Say that, I'm right with God. Number three, I have peace. Say, peace belongs to me. And it's, it's my anchor. Remember the, the, the nails on the shoes? That's anchor you. And you might be in a hurricane right now and blowing around, but you're not going to move. You're going to still trust God and you're still believing God. No matter what hell unleashes in your life, you're still going to stand with God. Me and God, are, we're, I'm going to make this. God, God's my help. I'm going to make it. You're going to make it. There's no time to quit. You know what quitting is, is you plant a seed and you, well, I don't know if it's going to come up or not. So you dig it up and look at it. Well, it was trying. And then you put it back in the ground and hope it makes it back up. And then it's, it's like, oh, well, there's budding. And then you look at it in three days, well, I don't see any tomatoes on it. So you pull it up and throw it away and then let me start over. No, that's quitting, starting over. No, you stand firm. God will supernaturally bring that thing to life if, if it needs to. So, so there we go. Number four, shield of faith. Say, I have faith. It has been measured to fit me. I have the faith of God. 
and I have faith in God. Number five, I am saved. I am saved. I believe. I have spoken with my mouth. I believe with my heart. And if you haven't done that today, you're fixing to get an opportunity. The sword of the Spirit. I have rhema. I have the living word. Say, I have the living word in my mouth, in my heart. It changes me. It helps me. Number seven is I can pray. Can you pray? Well, I really don't know how to pray. Here's how you pray. How you doing today? Man, it's so good to be here with you. Just to be able to talk to you. I thank you for listening to me. Thank you. That I just need your help. I, I see, I'm talking to God. You ain't got, we go, oh, thou Lordest, if you can hear us, me, and know us, my heart, and what I'm, that's baloney. That's all religious junk. God, God speaks Virginia. He speaks New York. He speaks Louisiana. He speaks Greek. Talk to him. My Father, which art in heaven, you're just holy. Hallowed be your name. Father, I need your kingdom in my life right now. I need your kingdom working in me in a big way because I'm struggling. I need the kingdom of God. You can go through the Lord's Prayer. <clears throat> just worship the Father. Ask him for the kingdom to come alive in you. Guide me in your truth. Somebody will send you a text with scripture. Somebody will come up to you, hand you $20. You didn't know where you was going to eat at, how you was going to eat. It happens. It happens. But that's where we're stepping into trusting and praying and talking to God. I need help. I need your help. You got to swallow your pride and believe God. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, Father, that you stir in us in a great and mighty way. Reveal to us by your spirit, your word, your truth, what we need to believe, what we need to know. Lord, I believe that you've spoken to some today. Maybe they don't know you. Maybe they've, they, they've prayed and talked to you in times past, but they want to know you in a deeper way. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you raise your hand? Say, pray with me, Pastor. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. Maybe you said, well, I, I got saved when I was a kid, but I sure hadn't been living for him. Man, I've had just trash come up in my life, drugs, alcohol, just chasing things. If you want prayer, just raise your hand. Say, that's me. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see your hand. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for lives changed today. A new, new beginning. Can we all pray with them? Y'all say this after me. Say, Father, today I come. I believe in my heart that you're a God who loves me, that you sent Jesus to die just for me. I believe that with all my heart, and I accept you today. As my Lord and Savior, I make you Lord of my life. Come in, Holy Spirit, and renew me. Let me know that I truly am a child of God today in Jesus' name. So you are forgiven. You are cleansed. God loves you. The blood of Jesus was shed so you could be free from sin. Now, 
every day start asking God for power, power to live this life because he empowers us to live a life for him. Do we miss it? Yes, we do. But we have a God who is gracious, kind, and mercy, just like my grandson. You know how many times I picked him up when he's fallen? Come on, come on. God does me the same way. Come on, get up, get up, brush your knees off. Come on, get up. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. But, Lord, I've messed up. I've missed it. I've messed up so bad. doesn't matter. Come on. I got you. I got you. I got you. And that's what God's telling you. I got you. It's all right. Let him begin anew and fresh in your life today. Amen. Glory be to God. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.